How are you guys doing tonight? You came back for another round. All right, that's good. You're hungry. So how many of you have seen me yesterday? How many of you didn't see me yesterday? All right, well, we got some newbies. Okay, good, good to have you all. All right, well, we had fun. How many of you yesterday either prayed for someone and they saw them get healed, or you received prayer for something and you were healed? Raise your hand. Hey, we had fun. <laughs> so for those that weren't able to make it, I think there was something like 147 healings in one day here. Come on, Jesus. God is good, and that's just what we could test. So I'm thinking that there's got to be over 150 by now. So there's probably not that many more people in this room than 150. <laughs> so it's probably at least a healing a person. We had a lot of fun. Um, so does anybody have a testimony either of going and finding some random person and praying for them, or you could not test something that you received prayer for and you got prayed for something yesterday and now you know after testing, now you know you're healed. Anybody want to share? Yeah, over there. Praise the Lord. God is good. Yes. You were, one more time, you were hearing? Ah, now it's gone. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good. All right, who else? Yes. So, are you sharing also? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> she introduced you. So that's the first time in 25 years you've been able to do that? That's awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have a water buffalo. I have a water buffalo. 
I always joke, I'm in Southeast Asia like three or four months of the year, and I always joke I want to bring a water buffalo back to America. I didn't know they existed in this country. Wow. All right, cool. Sorry, I just had to interrupt for that. Okay, as you were. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you offer to pray for him? Okay, but you invited him. All right, so if he doesn't come, go offer to pray for him. Jesus likes to heal warlocks. All right, good. Okay, who else? Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good. Way to go. Yes. When you know my nervous stuff, everybody's noticing. So I have an open door to talk about Jesus, to testify, to brag about Jesus. And people are noticing. What happened? What happened? You're not moving, not shaking. Ah, it's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good. Anybody else? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> he also got saved last night. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Uh huh. And last night I <laughs> you got to get them to do both sides. Don't worry, we're not done with healing yet, all right? <laughs> uh, praise the Lord, something started, it sounds like, though. All right, very good. I remember, oh my goodness, a uh, couple fun testimonies that way. Uh, I was doing a meeting back in Minnesota, where I'm from, in northern Minnesota, and people are all laying hands on each other for healing for different things, and there's a, a, they're sharing testimonies. Okay, what did God do? And this one person is like, I had a tumor on my foot, the top of my foot. It was like that big around, about this thick. And they had their thumb on the tumor. And where the thumb is, you can feel the whole thumb has sunk right into the tumor. You can see the tumor around it. And you can, I was like, oh, I got to see this. So I'm like, come on over here. So they come up here. And sure enough, it's like somebody just stamped the thumb like straight into the tumor. The whole tumor had sunk in around the thumb. And I said, okay, number one, that's amazing. Number two, cover up the whole tumor next time, please. <laughs> it does make a difference. You know, that's why I tell you, lay hands on the sick. Don't lay your hands six inches away from the sick. I mean, you can't always do it, but if you can, do it. All right, cool. Any other, any other uh, fun testimonies? I'm enjoying this, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good. I'd venture to say we must be over 150 healings by now then with the ones that are getting added on. Anybody else? There's some people out there that are like, I'm sitting on my hands. I don't want to talk in front of all these people. Yes. <laughs> don't hold her back. <laughs> Uh -huh. And for years, I couldn't use, I can't even open my hand and I could not use it at all. Hmm. It was just so sore and so much stuff. And I've been testing it all day. I opened up a jaw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm healed. So, and everything is more and more better from there. That's awesome. So, and I'm telling you, that pain was bad. It was even swollen real bad. How long had it been like that for? Years. Years? Like yeah. two years, 20 years? Wow. I threw an apple out of my car to my horse as hard as I could and stuff popped. And I went to the doctor and they couldn't find anything. And then another day I threw an apple and it popped back. And then another day I 
So 20 years you couldn't open up a jar? Okay, so maybe the last five or ten or something you couldn't. Well, thank you, Jesus. Awesome, thanks for sharing. Anybody else? It's good having testimony time. Hallelujah, God is good. So we're having fun seeing Jesus touch people. Amen? I always like to show a video clip. This one will be a little different than the other ones I showed. Uh, I'm going to do the Brazil one. And, uh, and so I just, uh, I talk about, oh, yeah, you know, Jesus likes to heal and save thousands of people. And, and I mean, you're seeing how that could happen now as a result of yesterday, right? Um, but anyway, I thought, oh, you might have fun seeing Jesus save a whole bunch of people in Brazil. So this was a year ago, last year. So go ahead and hit play. Eles colocaram ele em uma tumba. E três dias depois ele ressuscitou dos mortos. Mas ele fez tudo aquilo por uma razão. Porque ele ama você. E ele quer ter um relacionamento com você. Então nós temos uma escolha. Seja para escolher aquilo que Jesus fez por nós. Ele tomou o preço do pecado por nós. Para que a gente possa ser perdoado. Você não pode ser bom o suficiente para não ser perdoado. Mas Jesus, ele morreu por isso. Nós precisamos da da graça de Deus. And so we have a choice. E nós temos uma escolha. We can reject Jesus. Nós podemos rejeitar Jesus. But then we will face the punishment for the bad things we have done. Mas então nós vamos encontrar com todas as coisas ruins que nós nós já fizemos. We'll go to hell when we die. E nós vamos para o inferno e nós vamos morrer. Or we can turn away from the bad things we've done. Ou então nós podemos virar as costas para as coisas más que já fizemos. And make Jesus our Lord and Savior. E fazer Jesus nosso Senhor e Salvador. And be forgiven. E ser perdoado. Now, First of all, raise your hands if you are thankful Jesus died on the cross for então, you. Então eu quero perguntar uma coisa. Levante a sua mão se você é grato porque Jesus morreu na cruz. I think everybody is thankful for this. Eu acredito que todo mundo aqui é grato por isso. Put your hands down. Pode abaixar as mãos. Now, if you have never before prayed to turn away from the bad things you've done. Então se você nunca orou para que você pudesse dar as costas para as coisas que você já fez and make Jesus the Lord of your life. e fazer Jesus o Senhor da sua vida and you would like to do that right now. e você gostaria de fazer essa oração agora and be forgiven. Raise your hands. e ser perdoado agora eu quero que você levante a mão nice and high. se você quer fazer essa oração All levante right. a sua mão bem alto Here's what I want you to do. Eu quero que você faça o seguinte. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Eu quero que você repita uma oração junto comigo I want you to say Jesus. eu quero que você repita comigo Jesus Please forgive me for my sin. Por favor, me perdoa dos meus pecados. I want to follow you. Eu quero seguir a você. Give me strength to turn away from the bad things I've done. Me dá força para virar as costas para as coisas que eu já fiz. Jesus, I make you my God. Jesus, eu te faço meu Deus. And I renounce the devil and all his works. E eu renuncio todas as obras do diabo. In Jesus' name. No nome de Jesus. Amen. Amém. Aleluia. Aleluia. Now, agora, 
Yeah, we can praise Jesus for this. Vamos louvar a Jesus por isso. How many of you, as you prayed that, you felt Jesus touching you right there? E nesse momento, quantos de vocês que realizaram essa oração sentiram Jesus no coração agora? Yeah, I know many. Hallelujah. All right, you can hit stop. Now, I just thought you'd get blessed seeing that. <laughs> so anyway, it's fun when you see a whole lot of people receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And God likes to do it. And so anyway, um, yeah, you've already heard me. Well, most of you have heard me talk about how I travel all over the world. I preach a couple, two, three hundred times a year in a bunch of different countries. And every year there's thousands of people that get healed and saved. And so last year it was between 14 and 15,000 salvations and between seven and 8,000 healings. The vast majority of which I didn't pray for. It was people like you ministering to each other. Although I do see some of them get saved. Not, not none, but yeah. I like multiplication though. I like you guys doing it. I like that much more than me doing it. I think you like it better that way too, right? right. So anyway, if you decide you want to give, that's what you're giving towards. So I just figured, eh, maybe it'd be good for you to see a vision of what God likes to do. So yeah, Pastor Steve, you want to tell him what to do? Sorry, I'm going a little slow. I haven't slept much for two days, so <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's me. I'm supposed to get up. <laughs> so we're going to take an offering for Paul, and um, really awesome. When we met, she was way back in the fall of last year. Um, it was really awesome. I asked, what are you going to need? And, and we're not having to put him up anywhere. He's staying with, with Judith, and he says, I don't need anything. I, we just take a love offering, and he doesn't say, like, okay, I need you to give this amount of money or I'm not coming. There's a lot of folks do that. And uh, I love his heart to be able to go to the third world countries, and he takes half the offering, and he lives on that. The other half he uses to travel around the world to third world countries where they don't have the money to have him come in. So you will be blessed. You've just seen thousands of people give their life to the Lord in a third world country. So if you were going to take an offering, and, and, and uh, one thing I learned when I was outside of the States is, Something the Holy Spirit shared very strongly. To whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given. We've been given a lot. Church, we are rich. You might think, oh, I'm middle class. Or I'm, no, you're rich. You have change and money in your pocket. You've got a faucet you can turn water on. You have a toilet you can flush. You're rich. So I would highly encourage you to, to give and uh, bless this ministry. He's going all over the place and, and teaching people, just like us, to be Jesus' hands and feet. Amen. So let me pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this country. We thank you, Lord, that we, we've been blessed so greatly. And Lord, we do understand, <laughs> Lord, the principles of giving. And you love a cheerful giver. So Lord, I thank you, God, that we get to give. We get to see uh, your hands and feet. And we get to see people uh, turn, Lord, and repent and become new creations. So we get to see, and we've experienced, Lord, healing and people's lives touch and change forever. So, God, I pray that you bless this offering, that you would, uh, Lord, let Paul travel new places this year that he's never been. I pray, God, that you would give him the desires of his heart to be able to reach unreached people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty. Round number three, four for some of you. If you double dipped on Sunday morning. <laughs> All right. How many of you have caught every session so far? Wow, I'm impressed. Way to go. Okay. 
Well, like always, I'm going to jam a lot of information in the next little bit. So I mentioned, I kind of hinted, well, let me pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We exalt you. We worship you. We praise your name. We welcome your angels here for healing, for words of knowledge, for everything you want done. God, give me your words to speak. And God, we pray for empowerment for your people and boldness to be on your people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, I kind of hinted we were going to go this direction, and I'm going to kind of have two different messages tonight. We're going to kind of like preach like one, and then two shorter messages. But I'm a guest speaker, so they're not that short. I'm sorry. So, at any rate, <laughs> shorter for me. How's that? And then, uh, so I'll do one, and then we'll have a healing time, and then I'm going to talk about words of knowledge, and then we'll have words of knowledge for healing that you guys will minister to each other. Sound good? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Yesterday, I was whipping through all the different mindsets people had related to healing ministry, mindsets that are counterproductive for healing ministry when people disqualify themselves, they don't feel holy enough or good enough or so forth, coming up with spiritual reasons for why God doesn't want to heal the person in front of them. And I talked about mindsets that were uh, helpful and beneficial for helping us to see God work through us. And it really makes a big difference because Jesus said all things are possible to them who believe. So what we believe is either going to shut down what God wants to do in and through us, or it's going to be like a wineskin for God's presence to flow through us to touch the person that's in front of us. Amen? Uh, so one of the, real quick, the mindsets that I thought were a lot more helpful was to instead believe Jesus loves sick people and he wants to heal them. And I don't have the right to disqualify myself from seeing it happen. And then number four um, had to do with knowing who we are in Christ. So John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, To those that have received him and to those that believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So that means that if I have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that I'm God's child. Now, if you ask the average American, who are you? Or, which is really an identity question, but it ties into to self-worth. Because typically where people derive their identity is where they derive their self-worth. So if you ask somebody, why do you think you're valuable or why don't you think you're valuable, you'll hear a whole long list. I make a lot of money, I must be valuable. I don't make a lot of money, I must not be valuable. I'm really beautiful, I must be valuable. I'm not so beautiful, I must not be valuable. I'm really thin, I must be valuable. I'm not so thin, I must not be valuable. I'm really smart, I must be valuable. I'm not smart, I must not be valuable. I got a really nice house and a really nice car, I must be valuable. I don't have either one, I must not be valuable. I have a lot of friends and they really like me, I must be valuable. Nobody likes me, I must not be valuable. I'm married to this person and they treat me really well and they're very special, so I must be valuable. I'm not married to anybody, or the person I'm married to treats me like crap. I must not be valuable. And on and on and on. Am I right? If your identity comes from all of these things, you have a performance-based identity. You have to perform in order to feel valuable. Even in the church, we do this with spiritual-sounding things. Well, I'm the guy that sees a lot of healings happen. I must be valuable. Well, I'm the guy that knows all about the end times. I have all the charts figured out. I must be valuable. I'm the guy that has my Bible underlined and highlighted and dog-eared everywhere. I must be valuable. <laughs> I'm the anointed worshiper. I must be valuable. I'm the powerful teacher. I must be valuable. I'm the really, really prophetic guy. I must be valuable. I'm the anointed evangelist. I must be valuable. And God bless you if you can do all of those. But God's not after me using spiritual gifts to create an identity for myself so I can feel valuable. He just isn't. 
Now you're, instead of creating a performance-based identity, you are trying to use the Holy Spirit in order to perform so that you can feel valuable. And then you start to wonder why the gifts aren't working so well. My identity's on the line. I'm Mr. Prophetic Guy. I gotta have, you know, I gotta read your mail. And God's like, no, that's not what it's about. You're working for what you already have. Instead of believing that you're valuable, you're working to try to feel valuable so you can create an identity for yourself. Value is based on what you're willing to spend for something, right? Like if I have a gold ring and I put it here and I take my sock and I put it here, you're going to spend a few bucks for one or the other. Which one are you going to spend more money for? Okay, a quarter of you think the ring, the other three quarters are just completely stumped by that question. <laughs> so, which one are you going to spend more money for, the gold ring or the sock? Now, wait a second, my sock is nice. It's nice and sweaty and nice and smelly. All right, now, which one do you want, sock or ring? Ring. Ring, okay. So you pick the ring, you're going to spend more money for the ring. As a result, the ring is more valuable because value is based on what you're willing to spend for something, right? Now, what is your value? What was spent for you? The life of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's your value. But I meet people who are like, but, but I don't feel so valuable. This person treated me this way. What does that have to do with anything? If I have a $100 bill and I put it on the ground and I stomp on it, is it still worth 100 bucks? Did its value change because I couldn't recognize its value? Does your value change when someone doesn't recognize your value? Thanks. <laughs> if you'd have asked me back when I had cancer in my early 20s, or before I had cancer in my early 20s, Paul, why do you think you're valuable, or why don't you think you're valuable? I would have said something like this. I'm going to this college, I'm getting this degree, I have all these friends, I have this job, and I think I'm good at ultimate frisbee and volleyball. <laughs> Just being honest with you. And then I get diagnosed with cancer. And I was going to college in Indiana, I had to move 650 miles back home to Minnesota, where I'm from. All my friends were 650 miles away, so I lost them all by virtue of distance could no longer play the sports, didn't work that job, wasn't going to that school, wasn't getting that degree. And I remember th sitting there thinking a couple months after I was diagnosed with cancer, if I could just get out and spike a volleyball, I wouldn't feel worthless. That's crazy thinking, isn't it? Like how many people in this room would go up to a 20-year-old with cancer and say, you must be worthless because you are not spiking a volleyball? Probably not too many people here. But that's how I felt like on the inside because my identity, my self-worth, my value was all wrapped up in the sports I could play. When I played volleyball, it was not just a fun game of volleyball. Oh, no. I had something to prove. My identity was on the line every time I played. Maybe some of you know people who play sports like this. Don't elbow the person on your right or left. That's not nice. If you live your life with something to prove, you are not free. You just aren't. 
And I realized really, really quickly as a 20-year-old with cancer in my body that if my self-worth came from anything other than the one that doesn't change, that I would come out behind. Because as a 20-year-old with five tumors in my body, I didn't have a whole lot going for me. The only secure place for your self-worth is found in the one who doesn't change. Any other place, you're creating a performance-based identity. And you're going to have to work hard in order to try to keep everything up. What do you think you need in order to feel valuable? If you got it, how long would you actually feel valuable for? If I got promoted at work, I would feel valuable. Yeah, for about 10 minutes. Maybe even a couple hours. I like football. How many of you like football? Football season's coming up soon. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I started all sorts of pandemonium breaking out. All right. <laughs> Back in the 90s, there was a guy who played professional football named Deion Sanders. How many of you have ever heard of Deion Sanders before? For those of you that could care less about football, don't worry, I'm going somewhere with my illustration. Just hang in there, okay? Deion Sanders became famous in this country because not only did he play professional football, but he also played professional baseball. One of very few people in this country who actually was professional in more than one sport. Not only did he play both professional football and professional baseball, he was actually really good at playing football. And he won the, the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys, was promptly given one of the largest contracts in NFL history back in the 90s, over $20 million a year. Went out, bought a brand new sports car. Uh, I forget if it's a Lamborghini or Ferrari, but it was one or the other. I think it was a Lamborghini. Paid for it in cash, no big deal. And he takes his Lamborghini up to one of the tallest hills in Dallas, Texas, and tries to think of one good reason why not to drive his car off the cliff and kill himself. He talks about it in his autobiography. It's actually at that point in his life that he found Jesus. What do you think you need in order to feel valuable? Well, of course, this is church, Jesus is the answer, but, but really, how do you live your life? What internally do you actually think you need? What do you think you need in order to be happy? If you got it, how long would you actually be happy for? When I was a little kid, I couldn't wait for Christmas. Oh my goodness, I drove my poor mother crazy. She called it Christmas-itis. I would get a really strong case of it every year. Could not wait. I would not cut my fingernails for a long period of time before Christmas because I got to open up my loot as quick as possible. <laughs> and I would shake all my gifts so much that my mom would be like scared that they would all break. She'd be like, Paul, quit doing that. And we never opened up our gifts actually on Christmas Day or even Christmas Eve. Oh, no, no, we broke my mother. It was always days before that. And finally, okay, <laughs> now we'll open up gifts. And Christmas would come, and I would open up all my gifts. And it was the best moment of my entire life for 10 minutes. And then I thought, my birthday is in April. I wonder what I could get for my birthday. Christmas is only 364 more days away. Let's start working on that list now. Oh, we chuckle about this. But sometimes we're not so far away from where I was at as a five-year-old. 
just the price tag on our toys became a little bit more expensive. <laughs> what we think we needed to have in order to be happy comes with a little bit more cost. What do you think you need in order to be happy? If you got it, how long would you actually be happy for? Just saying. <laughs> what can people take? If people try to take something away from you, have they really taken anything away from you? I was just talking to my mentor about that the other day. He's like, what I think I lost, I didn't really lose. Because anything that really matters can't be taken from you. Amen? See, your identity is really simple. You're God's child, that's all. There's a paradox there. Apart from him, we can do nothing, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The book of Galatians talks extensively about how we've been adopted into the family of the king of the universe. You are a son or a daughter of the king of the universe. That should maybe cause us to reevaluate how we pray. If you went to Baghdad back when Saddam Hussein was in power and you're walking down the streets of Baghdad and you see Saddam Hussein's son out on the street corner, he's got a cardboard sign out. He's got his hand out like this. I think this is the international sign for I need money for food, right? You think this is really strange. Doesn't he know who his father is? Doesn't he realize that he has power and authority? Not because of who he is, but because of who his father is. Doesn't he know who's backing him up? Well, your father in heaven is a whole lot better and a whole lot stronger than Saddam Hussein ever was. And that's who's backing you up when you pray. There's just, yeah, there's just, earlier in my life, just way too many wimpy prayers that I prayed because of not knowing who I was. And I almost wonder what percentage of the intercession I did was completely unnecessary because I refused to trust God. I'm not saying there isn't a role for intercession. Clearly there is. For example, I remember doing a meeting out in New York, and afterwards I went over to grab a sandwich at Subway, talking to the gal making my sandwich. How's your day going? She says, good. How's your day going? Great. We just saw God heal a bunch of people. Oh, yeah? I said, yeah. Do you get any pain or problem in your body? Yeah, my back hurts all the time. Oh, well, can I pray for you? Uh, okay, but I don't even believe there is a God. Okay, time out for a second. Me? Ten years ago? Oh, no. She is an atheist. I don't think it's going to work. How much time have I spent in prayer? When was the last time I fasted? I'm going to go call together a few of my good prayer buddies, and we're going to intercede for a few hours, and then we're all going to come back, we're going to argue with her for a while, and maybe then she'll be open and she'll receive. What am I doing? Nothing wrong with praying with people. Don't get me wrong. But what am I doing is all of that 
is just a poor substitute for not trusting that God's bigger than her being an atheist. That's why I say, I wonder what percentage of intercession that I did was completely unnecessary because it was all based in an orphan spirit and not knowing who I was in Christ. It's because I refused to trust God. Just a statement of fact. <laughs> this was my response this time. Oh, that's, just, that's just no big deal. God believes in you. He can see you. Let me pray for you. And she got healed. Now there's one less atheist in New York. But we make something so big in our mind that really are just not a big deal. And it comes from not knowing that we're a son or a daughter of the king of the universe and who's backing us up and getting way too impressed and intimidated by problems instead of getting impressed by the answer that we carry. Amen? So, I just really don't want to make anything difficult in my mind that's really easy for God to do, and he wants me to trust him to do it. Right? So my identity is really simple. I'm God's child. Now, when you realize that you're God's child, it should logically cause you to say, then where's my power? Because your father spoke, and he made the Sierra Nevadas, and he made the Central Valley, and he made the Pacific Ocean and the bay, and it just wasn't difficult for him. <laughs> right? And that's who's backing you up when you pray. Amen. I see people approach healing ministry like they're going to go gamble in Las Vegas. Maybe it's my lucky day, but probably not, but we'll give it a try. And if that's how you approach it, you probably won't see very much results. Because Jesus said all things are possible to them who... And because of what you're believing, you're expecting nothing to happen, right? What if what God does in and through us is a lot less about how hard we work and a lot more about what we believe? Well, you don't have to agree with me. Just giving you an idea. <laughs> I've tried both ways. <laughs> It works better just to have fun with Jesus and get to know him and then everything's just easy by having fun with him instead of trying to work really hard to try to always get stuff out of him. I'm interceding. I'm going to get this breakthrough out of Jesus. I got to get it out of him. <laughs> Jesus is like, I want to give it to you. Like, chill. How about you just worship me and get to know me a little bit and you realize that my heart is that I actually want you to have this. Amen? Amen? I heard Bill Johnson say, God watches over the watch of those that watch him. It's amazing how many problems get solved just when we put God first in our life. Okay, I should clarify that because we're all at church. Everybody puts God first in their life. No, 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 really. Really. <laughs> what's really first in your life? Because I can tell you what's first in your life. I can tell you what's first in my life. Look real quick at how you spend your time, how you spend your money. Everything else is just talk. Right? I can tell real quick what actually matters to a person. Amen? Like if you say, oh, no, no, my family is a huge priority in my life. Okay, well, when do you spend time with them? 
Well, mostly I just come from home from work and I watch TV for a long time. Oh, but wait, I thought your family was a priority. I say it is, but <laughs> is it? Sorry, now I'm like stamping on toes and people are not getting happy out there, but that's fine. I didn't come here to be your friend. I'm trying to save your family here, <laughs> your relationship with them. <laughs> They're used to it? Okay, good. <laughs> I appreciate that somebody else is stamping some toes too. Somebody needs to tell people the truth. You know, a lot of people think they got a lot of issues in their life, and they're like, God, why aren't you working more on this issue in my life? And God's like, before I ever want to touch that issue, I actually want to be number one in your life. Because I want to work, I'll work on that, but because we think the big issue is, is this, and God's actually saying the bigger issue is that I'm not number one in your life. And I'm not talking about that you go to church on Sunday. I mean, my goodness, I'm talking about people who care about their walk with God. You showed up on a Monday night. But I'm just saying, like, there's, I think you know what I'm saying. God wants to be number one. That we really, truly love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it's amazing how many things that we think we need, we don't really need, when God's actually number one in our life. Or, the reason why we need it to happen is now completely changed. We see it from his perspective instead of ours. Because when you care about someone, you start to care about what they care about, right? You get a vision for what their, their perspective is. Hello? All right. What was I even saying? I don't know. We're on, like I went from a rabbit trail to a side rabbit trail to a side one, and now we're, who knows how many rabbit trails down the road, but maybe that was helpful for somebody out there. So my identity is just real simple. I'm God's child, that's all. Don't approach God like you're a disconnected beggar orphan. You've been adopted by the king of the universe. You've been told to boldly come before his throne of grace. He cares deeply about you. Amen? He loves you. You're not working real hard to try to get something out of him. But if you believe that he's... I don't know how to say it, like ultra, ultra cheapskate in how he deals with you as his kid that he doesn't want you to do anything or have anything or go anywhere or be healthy or he just wants you to be miserable. <laughs> and what are you going to get in your experience, right? Because of what you believe. <laughs> Jesus was the one that says, <laughs> what was it? If you being evil want your kids to have good, I'm butchering this, I'm really sorry. How much more does your father in heaven want his kids to have good things? That is a horrible version of that verse. But in other words, we're, we're not so hot and we want our kids blessed. How much more does God want his kids blessed? Amen? Amen? Don't make an identity out of your sickness. Don't make an identity out of your dysfunction. That's just a bad deal. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you can get prayed for, you're never going to get free of it because that's your identity. That's who you are. You can't afford that thing to change. You need that dysfunction. Right? I mean, do you want to be free or do you want 
you and the dysfunction to somehow get some sick satisfaction out of it. Right? Yeah. So my identity is just simple. I'm God's child, that's all. When you realize that, you live your life with nothing to prove. Because God's backing up. If he isn't proving it, then what's the point in you trying to get it proven? I don't have to try to convince people God heals. I'll just let him demonstrate that. Let's offer to pray for some folks. And if they don't get healed, then I trust that God's going to work out. He's a big boy. He can handle his reputation. I mean, he's been able to handle it pretty well without my help for the last 2,000 years. I'm pretty sure he can still hack it. Amen? So, when we understand who we are in Christ, it's a big deal. But I'd venture to say that the next level up is understanding who Christ wants to be in you. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. That's what Colossians 1 talks about. I mean, think about that. And it goes right along the same lines as the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of you. Your Father in heaven isn't holding out on you. Unless you believe he is. Then you'll get that by faith. But he's not. Amen? All right, that's enough of me rambling for a while. Hopefully somebody got blessed out of that. (laughs) Let's have some healing time. Then we're going to get into words of knowledge. So we'll go after a few more things for healing. Um, I don't know. We already prayed for backs yesterday, but there's some people here who weren't here yesterday, and I felt like we're supposed to do backs. In fact, who here has something in their spine right there? That's you. Go ahead and stand up right where you're at. All right. Maybe even that causes issues with your neck. Or maybe you just have neck problems. Either way, you can stand up. We did do necks, but hey, why not go for it again? If you get something wrong in here, you have coitus, Crohn's, diverticulitis, acid reflux, hemorrhoids. Jesus heals hemorrhoids. I'm just saying. I remember preaching in South Florida, and I got it. I had people practice getting words of knowledge, and I had this teenage girl as my partner, and I said, hemorrhoids. And she said, yes, but I'm angry God told you. <laughs> I said, well, Jesus wants that healed, all right? <laughs> he made your body. He, he, wants, he wants the hemorrhoids out. All right. Cool. Uh, if you have flat feet... Go ahead and stand up, whoever that is. Jesus wants to heal your flat feet. Okay, now, those of you that are standing, put your hand in the air. Those of you that are sitting, I need your help. I want you to stand up, go to somebody whose hand is in the air, go to somebody that you did not drive to church here with today. Go for fresh blood. Go, 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 go. you get issues with your kidneys, raise your hand also. All right. Don't pray for them yet. Don't worry. We're going to do the first round with training wheels. We'll catch them all up to speed. 
I got to make sure we got everybody covered. So uh, we got some hands in here. Thank you. We're there. Oh, you got somebody. All right. Uh, go ahead. If somebody has come to you, put your hand down. If no one's come, wave at me. All right. Find out what's... Oh, do you have somebody there? Uh, I think she's going to pray for you next door. Okay. Now, real quick, 20 seconds or less, find out what the problem is. Go ahead. All right, you figured it out? All right. Remember, don't get impressed by the problem. I want you to tell the person, this is really, really easy for Jesus. Go tell them that. All right. Good. Go ahead, put your hand on the person where they need the healing. Wes, you shouldn't put your hand there. Don't lay hands on the hemorrhoids. All right. If you shouldn't put your hand there, just put your hand on their shoulder. All right. And then out loud... Go ahead, invite Holy Spirit to touch them. Command the pain or problem to get out of them. Drive it out in Jesus' name. God's backing you up. Go for it. Yeah, we release your presence, Holy Spirit. Every pain, get out in Jesus' name. Fire God, touch their bodies. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Now drive it out. God's backing you up. Command the arches to grow. Arches grow in Jesus' name. All right, amen. Good. Test it out. See what's going on in there. All right. Hello, hello, hello. If you had a difference in your body, whether it's 1% better, 100% better, or anywhere in between, wave your hand at me nice and high wherever you are in the room. Hey, good. Good to see you guys waving out there. All right. Now, not just there was a difference, but at least 70% better. So 70 up to 100% better. Wave your hand nice and high wherever you are in the room. Very good. I like a handful of you. Okay. More than a handful. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Can we praise Jesus for what's going on so far? Thank you, Lord. All right. Hallelujah. How many of you could not test it out? You would not know if you were healed. Yeah, okay. Oh, a bunch of you. Okay. All right. No problem. We'll keep going for it. Go ahead, grab a seat. Do one of you want to share a testimony of what Jesus just healed you of? Who wants to share a testimony? Not everybody at the same time. Yes, sir. Thirty years. So for thirty years, I was always painful. Come on, Jesus. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Very good. All right, let's do another round of healing. If you were improved in that round but not perfect yet. Stand up. 
Also, if, I, I called out kidneys. Maybe you didn't hear that. But if anybody has problems with your kidneys, you're on dialysis, you have kidney stones, you have issues with your kidneys, go ahead and stand up. Maybe you're missing a kidney. You're fun to see Jesus create a kidney. In fact, if you're missing a body part, maybe you're missing your gallbladder, you've had a hysterectomy, you're missing your ovaries, I don't know. If you're missing a body part, go ahead and stand up. We're talking the creator of the universe. He's good at making stuff, right? If you want your body part back. All right. We're going to shock some doctors. You know, I just got to say this real quick. Stay standing for a moment. But I got a friend. He's, a, he's in India. And uh, he told me about how his wife had her ovaries surgically removed. And then she got pregnant. And the doctor who delivered her baby was the doctor who removed her ovaries. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> I like that testimony. All right. If you're standing. Oh, and who has? We did wrists, but maybe there's, there's new people or maybe you didn't get healed yet. I don't know. If you have any problems with your wrists, you have carpal tunnel, you have pain in your wrists, maybe you have scars, maybe you got arthritis, go ahead and stand up whoever you are if you have problems with your wrists. All right. Now, those of you that are standing, put your hand in the air. Those of you that are sitting, I need your help. Stand up. Go to somebody whose hand is in the air. Go to somebody you did not drive to church here with today. Go for fresh blood. Yeah, all hands on deck. This is not going to a football game. I need your help. If you came here, you're drafted in. Go to somebody whose hand is in the air. All right, if somebody's come to you, put your hand down. If nobody's come, wave. You got somebody back there, Denise? Okay, cool. Find out what's going on. If they were improved but not perfect, thank Jesus for the difference. Command one more time the problem to get out of them in Jesus' name. Otherwise, just invite Holy Spirit to touch them, lay hands on them, drive out the problem. Command the pain to get out. If they're missing a part, Declare a new part in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we declare new gallbladders. We declare new kidneys. So declare a new body part in Jesus' name if they're missing one. Yeah. Go after it. Drive out the problem or command the problem to be created. Or command the, the part to be created, I should say. <laughs> All right, when you're done praying for him, have him test it out. If you're able, some of you, maybe you need a CAT scan in order to check it out, but all right. Hello, hello, hello. If you just can tell, if you can tell now, God just did something when they prayed over you. Go ahead and raise your hand nice and high, wherever you are in the room. Pain is leaving. Something's getting created. Something's happening. Raise your hand. All right. Very good. Cool. 
Now, um, is there anybody, I'm guessing most of the parts that you're missing or that you were missing were on the inside. So you probably need a CAT scan or something. Is there anybody that you are missing a part and God created it and you can actually test it right now? Is there anybody like that? Yeah? What happened? What's here? You were missing some toes? Well, they were cut off. Okay. Do you or not yet? No. I'd be lying if one didn't feel longer. That's cool. So they need to pray for you a second time. You're... <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Jesus, that something's beginning to happen in there. Hallelujah. Anybody else, you can tell that a part is being created right now. All right, if any, when, whenever you guys go to the doctor, if you ever do a scan or something and you find your part, you got to let Pastor Steve know and he's got to let me know because I want to hear about whatever part got made. All right? All right. So who here, you want to share about what Jesus just healed you of right here when they just prayed? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, he's the great physician's assistant, right? Thank you, Jesus. All right, Holly, let's do this. We've had a number of conditions that people have had for long periods of time that are getting healed or radically improved. And I just think like 30 years is long enough to have back pain. 40 years is long enough to have feet problems, right? So if you have any problem in your body that you've had for, let's say, more than 25 years, had the problem more than 25 years. Go ahead and stand up. We want to see, we want to see God heal that. It's just a good time for that stuff to get dealt with. Amen? All right. So, if you are, yeah, and you better take prayer one more time. I want some more toes growing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who here has asthma? You get asthma or COPD or bronchitis, something with your lungs. Stand up if that's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Those of you that are standing, put your hand in the air. Everybody else, you know what to do. Gather around these folks. Go get them. Go, 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 go. All hands on deck. Nobody should just be sitting there. God works through people. It's all right if you have more than one going. One can put 1,000 to fight, two can put 10,000 to fight. So it's all right if you've got a little cluster of you around somebody. All right. Find out what the problem is. Go ahead. Remember, don't get impressed. Say, it's easy for Jesus. Because it is. All right, you know what to do. Lay hands on them, invite Holy Spirit to touch it, and drive out the problem. Go after it. Pain, get out of them in Jesus' name. Bodies be restored in Jesus' name.
Go after it. Everybody at once. Don't just have one person in your group praying. I want all of you going after it. Drive it out. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Have them find out what's going on in there. Check and see. Test it out. Hello, hello, hello. If you can tell God just did something. All right, some of you, maybe you got asthma, you got to go for a run in order to test it out. But you can tell God did something. Raise your hand nice and high, wherever you are in the room. Cool. Good. What's, what's going on? All right. Shh. Let's hear a few testimonies. So what did Jesus do for you, sir? COPD. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What did God do for you? You, yeah, you had your hand up, right? The blind woman. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. So you had the problem for, you said since high school, so 10, 15 years it's been going on? <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> so how many years have you had the problem for? Well, I'm 61, and I was 14 when I got it. It's been a little while. And so always for 47 years? If you breathe deep, you'd be wheezing? Yeah. That's amazing what God's doing for you. Thank you, Jesus. All right. What happened for you? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Who else got healed of something right now? Yeah, what did Jesus do? 
That's awesome. So how long had the sensitivity with the legs been going on for? Wow, 40-some years. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Who else? You just got healed of something. This is fun. Yeah, what happened? Uh, you know, you prayed for that COPD yesterday. Yeah. And he prayed again for it, and it really feels like it's gone now. It feels like that. I don't need that inhaler anymore. Hallelujah. COPD is gone. Well, you're on your way. Only one cigarette. Hey, praise the Lord that it's only one. That's awesome. Happy for you. Yeah. Oh, you guys are going back for round two. What, what's... <laughs> Which second? We'll let her go first. Ladies first. You go second. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, and they're doing good? Okay. How, how long did you have the ear problem? Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Well, now it's getting better as you get older. <laughs> it's fun watching the arches grow. Who prayed? Did whoever prayed for him? Did you see the arches grow? Yeah, that's awesome. It's fun. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Huh. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oh, this is fun. Well, do you guys want to do words of knowledge or we can? Well, we'll keep going for it. Yeah. Everything's curable for Jesus. <laughs> Everything is curable for Jesus. 
<laughs> that's awesome. Can we praise Jesus for everything that's going on here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Amen. All right. Let's talk about words of knowledge. So, what I'm going to share with you is coming from this book. You heard me talk about this already, I think. Well, actually, some of you didn't. So, I'll say again. It says, my favorite book on words of knowledge. Most books on words of knowledge are absolutely horrible. They're basically something like, you don't obey God well, and that's why he doesn't speak to you. And until you get your act together, don't expect it to change. I'm like, gee, thanks. I feel empowered right now. <laughs> so there are common ways that God speaks in giving, words of, in giving words of knowledge, and it's really important that we are aware of how God speaks. Because the most common thing that happens when God encounters people is that people don't realize that it's God, and they miss their opportunity. Just like Samuel laying in bed, and here's Samuel, Samuel, and he's running over to Eli instead of realizing God's trying to talk to him. So, words of knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about different gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of them that it's listed is words of knowledge. <clears throat> um, it's important to be aware of what we're looking for. The last verse of Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews 5 verse 14, it talks about having our senses trained to discern good and evil. It's talking about like, it's, well, solid food is for the mature who by reason of use have their senses trained in discerning good and evil. In other words, um, as we mature in Christ, God wants to speak to us more and more through our senses, and it's important that we have our senses trained to discern what God is trying to speak to us. And that's the way that God gives words of knowledge, is through our senses. And when you start to realize that God speaks to people through their senses, you'll, you'll see in the Bible, God's been speaking to people through their senses all along, right? Like uh, Ezekiel, Daniel, Revelation, these prophetic books, uh, they're all talking about what they're seeing, right? Like God gives them some kind of vision. They're seeing what God's saying. Uh, in other places, people are hearing what God's saying, right? Like whether it's, I think it's Elijah and the still small voice of the Lord, um, Vert or Samuel laying in bed and hearing the audible voice of God. Uh, but God speaks to people through hearing, right? So God speaks to people through their senses. So we're going to look at each one of these real quick, and then we'll, like any message I give, basically, we'll do the message. So, um, first way to get a word of knowledge is you can see the word of knowledge. So seeing it typically looks like one of two different ways. You can see it by getting a picture or image in your mind's eye. Like you see a picture of a spine or a picture of a knee or a picture of a foot and God's showing you this is where that person needs a healing at in their body, right? Like, and I, I mentioned the other day, I think we did this real quick one of the times, one of the services. Um, but like, how many of you get a prophetic word by getting a picture or image in your mind? Okay, yeah, so it's just like that, but instead of whatever you're prophesying over a person, God could just be showing you a picture of what he's wanting to heal in that person, okay? Um, and don't worry if you're like, oh, but that's not me. A lot of this, if you've never experienced it before, well, some of this, you're gonna, as I explain it, you're like, that's what that was. I didn't realize that was God. For others of you, maybe you haven't experienced any of this stuff yet, but you're gonna start experiencing it, I believe, in the future, okay? So you can see the word of knowledge and you can see it by seeing a picture or image in your mind of, of the body part or condition that God's uh, wanting to heal. You can also see the word of knowledge where uh, a certain body part just kind of jumps out at you. 
Maybe you've had before where you're walking down the street or you're at the shopping mall or you're at the store and not this person and not that person, but this person. God wants you to go and talk to this person. And you don't even know why. You don't know if it's to tell them about Jesus or just to listen to them or to pray for them or prophesy over them or they just need a friend and somebody who cares. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so this is the exact same thing as that, but instead of God highlighting a whole person to you, God can highlight just a body part to you. So instead of like your eyes catching on that person for like a little bit longer, God can actually have your eyes catch on their shoulder or their rib or their knee or whatever. It's almost like, uh, did anybody see The Matrix? Is it okay to make a reference to an R-rated movie in church? I just did at any rate. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so uh, how many of you saw The Matrix? Oh, a bunch of you. Okay. Good movie, by the way. I liked it. So in The Matrix, Neo is walking up the stairs, and he sees a cat go by, and then he has deja vu, and he sees the cat again. Do you remember this? Oh, and by the way, I just found out somebody shared, this might be fake news on Facebook, but that they're making a new Matrix movie. Sorry, I just, just had to share that. That's what you came to church to learn, is when the next Matrix movie is coming out. Okay. Sorry. Rabbit trail. Back, back on the message. Okay. So... Um, so in the movie, Neo's walking up the stairs, and he sees the cat go by, and he gets deja vu, and he's like, oh, I see, see it again. And it's, it's like that. Like, your eyes just catch on a body part for just like a split second longer. It's like you've moved on, but your eyes haven't moved on. I don't know what the, the best way to say it other than that is. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You've experienced this before. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And for some of you, you'll probably start experiencing it. So you can see the word of knowledge, and you can see it in one of two ways, seeing a picture image in your mind's eye, or you can see it um, where like a body part just kind of jumps out at you, okay? Um, you can also feel the word of knowledge. So feeling the word of knowledge can happen in a variety of ways. So the most common way that, that people get words of knowledge, now it isn't for me, but for different people, it's different. Randy Clark, I think, says that 90 5% or something of the words of knowledge he gets are feeling a pain that isn't his pain. Okay, and so like you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you have a pain in your back and it wasn't, well, I was just in Minnesota. It wasn't because he just shoveled a bunch of snow. But that might not be so common of a problem out here. You didn't just go dig a hole in the backyard, all right? Um, there's no natural explanation for that pain that's in your back. And so the Holy Spirit's first language isn't always English. God might be showing you that this person needs a healing in their back right there, all right? So you can feel the pain that isn't your pain. In fact, even I'd venture to say that uh, the gift of discernment of spirits, like 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about different gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the ways that, that the gift of discernment of spirits operates is you can feel something that's on somebody else and you feel it as if it's you, but it's not you. Does this make sense? Either in a good way or in a bad way. So for example, my buddy Jason Chin, the guy who wrote this guy, wrote this book, He's like a real natural evangelist. And, and I do evangelism, don't get me wrong. He's like pure evangelist, right? And so like I go out to do outreach with him and it's like my boldness got souped up on steroids because I'm feeling his gift. Does that make sense? And so you can, if you come to the wrong conclusion, you'll think, oh, I need Jason Chin always around me in order for me to do evangelism because that's the only way that I function. No, 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 no. We do grow through relationship, don't get me wrong, but... Because of what I drafted off of him, it hopefully takes my boldness to a new high-water mark. Does that make sense? Yes. And you can also feel it in a negative way. 
Okay, so you, you can feel something on a person. You can feel something even over a region or over a nation or over a state or different things like that. So it's important to realize this because don't necessarily think that everything you, you are feeling is necessarily you. Like you might walk into a place and you're all happy and everything's wonderful. And you walk in all of a sudden out of nowhere you feel depressed. And you're like, what in the world is going on with me? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Clearly some of you do. <laughs> it's not you. You might be feeling something over somebody else. Does that make sense? And so it's important to be aware of it. Now, one of two things could be happening. You could be, um, the Holy Spirit could be showing you something about a place. Uh, or it could be a spirit that's there that's trying to jump on you. In which case, no big deal. God gave you authority. You just take authority over it. You know, depression, I see you. I'm sending you back. Not a big deal. All right? It's only a big deal if you make it a big deal. Right? Like a lot of things in the kingdom of God. We make it a big deal, and then now we have to, I need to go log three hours of intercession in, in order to overcome this because that's what I believe I think I need. <laughs> right? Like, people size up the problem. You know what? That person's had this problem for 40 years. This is probably going to take me three hours of prayer. So what are they going to have to do because of what they believe? They're gonna, they better start the timer because of what they're believing. Does that make sense? But, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk was worked pretty well for, for Peter and John. Like you, you have authority. You need to believe you have authority. Don't, don't make anything difficult in your mind that's easy for Jesus to do. Amen? And I'm not saying that, that intercession isn't important because clearly it is. I'm just saying that what would happen if our intercession guns were pointed in the right direction always? Like, I just wonder how much of the church's, wow, we're really rabbit trailing now, but I just wonder how much of the church's spiritual energy is wasted on things where they're working for what they already have. Instead of believing the truth that God had already forgiven them when they repented, they're working really hard to try to feel forgiven. And so they're working to feel forgiven instead of believing the truth that they already are. They're working to try to feel valuable instead of believing that they already are valuable. They're working to try to be empowered in healing ministry instead of believing that Jesus has already qualified them in healing ministry when he gave them the Great Commission. Amen? I just think so much of the church's spiritual energy goes into working for what we already have and seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness and seeing all these things added on. I mean, that's... I just think seeking first God's kingdom doesn't look like working for what we already have. Amen? All right, good. Now, once upon a time, I was talking about feeling words and knowledge. Wow, I got off track there. Oh, and by the way, since we're still rabbit trailing, <laughs> uh, it's really important if you are a prophetic person that you're not prophesying over people what you feel on them. If you are a prophetic person, don't prophesy over a person what you feel on them. Because we're called to bring about the answer, Right? Like in the Old Testament, if there's a leper and he's unclean, in the New Testament, I'm clean. Right, I'm sorry. In the Old Testament, let's say I'm, I'm clean and he's unclean. I better stay away. He's going to infect me. In the New Testament, he's unclean and I'm clean. I'm going over there because I'm going to cleanse some lepers. Because I got the answer living inside of me, the Holy Ghost. Right? We're called to bring about the answer. We're not just, we, we're supernatural beings so you can be aware of feeling something on somebody else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's how God, what God is trying to speak to them. Because if you're like, well, I feel depression around you and I saw a black cloud, guess what? They didn't get any help. They got more depressed. 
right? We're called to bring about the answer. The purpose of prophecy is strengthening encouragement and comfort according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. We're called, unfortunately, too much in the church, we've been thermometers and not enough thermostats. Thermometers can tell you what the temperature is, but it's powerful to, powerless to actually change anything. And God's called us to walk filled with him where he flows, overflows out of me to impact and change and transform my surroundings wherever I go. Amen? We've got to have enough Jesus in our life to bring about transformation wherever we go. And for me, I can tell pretty easily by am I spending my whole life trying not to react or am I living my life impacting? And I understand to some extent there's going to be things in life you have to try not to react to. Nobody gets every circumstance just perfectly. But if I spend my whole life, I'm trying not to do this and I'm trying not to do that and I'm trying not to get angry, I'm trying not to do this, that's a really miserable way to live life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, that's called not enough Jesus in my life. <laughs> I want to live my life where I'm not spending my life trying not to do something, but instead live my life where I'm walking filled with him where he overflows out of me and impacts and brings transformation around me. Amen? All right. Wow, we're all over the place on words of knowledge. So you can feel the word of knowledge, and you can feel the word of knowledge by feeling a pain that isn't your pain. You can also feel the word of knowledge by feeling heat or tingling on a certain body part. Okay, now, heat or tingling is not always a word of knowledge. How many of you felt heat or tingling as you were being healed here tonight or yesterday? Yeah, many. But how many of you didn't feel anything and you were healed? Yeah. So it can happen either way. So that's why it's really important that you just don't just pray for the person to run away because you're scared it didn't work and figure they'll tell you if something happened. Right? Because they don't know until they test it out many times. I remember in, I was in Hayward eating at a restaurant there and there was a guy I went over and talked to and um, I'm talking to him and he says he had had a stroke and he could only lift his arms this high. And uh, I said, well, that's just really easy for Jesus to heal, you know, paralysis. I said, let's pray for you. And he says, okay, fine. So I put my hands on his arms, and I said, Holy Spirit, I release your presence to touch him. In Jesus' name, paralysis, get out. Amen. All right, test it out. How are you doing? He says, it's the same. I said, you didn't even try. Test it out. He looked at me. He's like, okay, fine. (laughs) Because, well, number one, he wasn't really expecting to get healed. But number two... If something would have happened, there should have been a lightning strike or a thunderclap or something, right? Now, if he wouldn't have tested it out, would he have ever known that he was healed? He might still be walking around only using this much of his arms. So, yeah, sometimes people feel heat or tingling, but many times they don't feel anything when they get healed. And they only will know when they test it out. So you want to make sure that they test it out. Just, don't just pray for them and run away because you're scared it didn't work. At some point, if you're praying for sick people, you got to be able to handle it if they don't get healed. I see thousands of people get healed in a year. I see thousands of people don't get healed in a year. At some point, you got to be able to handle it if they didn't get healed. Don't take it personally. Take it up with Jesus. Allow it to draw you into him. Amen? I tell you, sometimes when, when I was, I would see a wane a little bit in healing, a lot of times it was an identity issue. If I started to create too much of an identity out of what God does through me, then I'd start to see it wane. Because God doesn't want me driving my identity out of what he can do through me. 
And that's not just a healing principle. It's a Christian life principle. Amen? Because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I can't afford to live my life opposed by him. It's just not a good deal. God does everything that he does through his grace. Not just grace is not just forgiveness of sins and going to heaven when I die. Grace is empowerment to live this thing. I need his grace to show up. Anyway, you can get the word of knowledge by feeling it. Feeling it can be uh, pain that isn't your pain. It could be feeling heat or tingling on a body part. And heat or tingling, like I said, can also just be a sign of the Holy Spirit's presence. How many of you felt heat or tingling as you did the Holy Spirit encounters on whatever day it was that we did Holy Spirit encounters? Yesterday, somewhere in yesterday's service. Yeah. And so that wasn't a word of knowledge. That was just feeling God's presence by feeling heat or tingling. And in fact, now some of you, we've had enough new people come in that maybe we should just do Holy Spirit encounters just because I got a bunch of you looking at me blank in the face wondering what in the world is he talking about. So everybody stand up. We got a lot of lab tonight. Lecture and lab mixed together. Everybody get a partner. Whoever standing next to you works. Let me borrow somebody real quick. Some volunteer. Don't everybody volunteer at once. <laughs> somebody come on up here, please. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so, so one tool, uh, what's your name? Beth. Good to meet you, Beth. So one tool you can use to see people come to know Jesus is you can just invite them to encounter God's presence. So between your, you and your partner, figure out who's taller. I had to pick something I could beat Beth at. And then taller person, ask shorter person if they want to feel God, have them put out their hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. Let me demonstrate. So do you want to feel God? Yes. Put your hands like this. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. And Holy Spirit, we release your presence to touch Beth in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, go ahead. You do that. Ask them if they want to feel God. Have them put out their hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. Go ahead, grab a seat. Thanks. All right, when taller person is done, shorter person needs to go. Do the same thing. Ask them if they want to feel God and put out their hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. When both of you are done, go ahead and sit down. All right. So who here felt heat when you did this? Go ahead and raise your hand nice and high. Who here felt tingling when you did this? Go ahead and raise your hand nice and high. Who here felt energy or electricity when you did this? Go ahead and raise your hand. Very good. Who felt a heavy, weighty presence when you did this? Excellent. Uh, who here felt joy or laughter or drunk in the Holy Spirit when you did this? Very good. Who felt peace when you did this? All right. Who was shaking when you did this? All right. Who felt the wind on your hands when you did this? All right. Um, who here got healed when you did this? Check your body. Is the pain already gone? Did somebody get healed just by doing the Holy Spirit encounter? No? Oh, 
Yeah, over there. So what happened now? Did you feel something happen or? Okay. It's an encounter with God. We'll take it. Praise the Lord. Thanks for sharing. All right. Um, okay. So God encounters people in a variety of ways, okay? So uh, you can feel heat or tingling, and that can also be a word of knowledge, okay? Um, you can also feel the word of knowledge by feeling God's presence resting on a certain body part. I remember when this was years and years ago, my buddy came to visit me after I moved out to Reading, and he's sitting on my couch, and he says, uh, Paul, he says, I really feel like God's presence is resting on my left wrist. And uh, I said, that's probably a word of knowledge. And he said, well, uh, do you have problems with your left wrist? And I said, no, but ask my roommates. So he asked all my roommates. He comes back, and he feels discouraged because none of them say that they have any kind of problem with their left wrist. And he, he's kind of feeling discouraged, like he missed God. And I was like, no, 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 my neighbors are outside. Go ask my neighbors. He says, <gasps> I said, come on. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You can do it. And he said, all right. So he goes outside and he says, hey, random question for you guys. Do either of you guys ever get any pain or problem with your left wrist? And my one neighbor, he's like, I sure do. Wait a minute. That's just the strangest thing because I always do, but it just disappeared when you ask me right now. Because <laughs> you don't always need to pray for somebody in order to see a healing happen, right? Sometimes they get healed straight from the word of knowledge. Now let's think about this for a moment. Sometimes the word of knowledge is for the person right in front of you. But sometimes it's for somebody in your Holy Spirit radar, and you get a little adventure with the Holy Spirit to go find that person, right? Sometimes the difference between a right word of knowledge and a wrong word of knowledge is how much risk you're willing to take. Because if my friend would have stopped after he asked me, or even after he asked my roommates and me, he would have thought he missed God and got it wrong. But did he? Not at all. How many of you have realized that the Christian walk is a little bit less of a formula and a little bit more of an adventure? So, you can get the word of knowledge by feeling God's presence on a certain body part. So, first way to get a word of knowledge is you can see the word of knowledge. Second way to get the word of knowledge is you can feel the word of knowledge. Third way to get a word of knowledge is you can uh, hear the word of knowledge. Typically, that looks like the still, small voice of the word speak to you. You hear the word neck or back or feet. 
All right? Fourth way to get over knowledge. You just speak it out. It almost seems like an accident. Like he opens our mouth, and I'm sorry, we open our mouth and he fills it. And we're praying for somebody at a concert, praying for a bunch of people at a concert. I walked up to this guy and I was like, do you, you know, do you have any pain or problem in your body? And I threw it some examples. And I shared a testimony first. And I said, like, like, do you get any problems with your back or do you have asthma? And the guy said, well, I'm not allowed to say what he said. But he said, oh, my effing. <laughs> That's what came out of his mouth. Because <laughs> he was a backslidden Christian. And he, was, he knew what was happening. <laughs> I was getting a word of knowledge for him. And then prayed for him. And then, and then we saw God touch him. But anyway, um, I don't remember even like, what did or didn't happen. But he clearly got touched by God that day. But anyway, you can get the word knowledge by just speaking it out. It just comes out of your mouth. All right? So first way to get it, you can see it. Then you can feel it, hear it speak it. If you don't get one any other way, simply ask God and take the first thought that comes to mind. Now, does that mean that every single thought that ever comes in your head is always from God? No. How many of you realize that if all of us acted on every thought that ever came in our head, well, first of all, half of us wouldn't be here because we would have gotten killed by the other half. And the half that, that acted on it would all be incarcerated, right? So, it doesn't mean that every single thought that ever comes in our head is always from the Holy Spirit all the time, okay? But it's amazing how many times that when you ask God and you take that first thought that comes in, it's really from the Holy Spirit, all right? So let's do the message, okay? So everybody stand up. I want you to get in a group of three people, none of which can be from your immediate family. Go to people you don't know, preferably. If you know everybody here, go to somebody that you don't know very well. Group of three. Not two, not four, not five, not 22. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. If you have exactly three, raise your hand. If you have a different number than three, raise your hand. You guys got two? Well, you just got three now. You got four? Who else has a different number than three? You have two. One of you four, you get a migrate over there. All right? You get your exercise walking across the room. Uh, I think he's going already. Don't both of you go. Just one of you go. All right. Who else has a different number than three? Raise your hand. Yeah? You just have two? Oh, you have four. Okay. Who else has a different number than three? You got one. So the one... Join the four and split and make two groups. Who else has a different number than three? All right, we'll have one group of three, or one group of two, no big deal. Actually, you two, come on up here. We'll make a group of three together. All right, now, in your group of three, I want you to assign one person to be person number one, one person's gonna be person number two, and one person's gonna be person number three. This is a really spiritual exercise right here, all right? Go ahead. Yeah, come on up here, just right here. All right, what number do you guys want? What number do you want? Number one, two, or three? Three, and I'm two. All right. Did you figure out who's what number? Way to go. All right. So if you're number one, raise your hand. All right, put your hands down. We're going to start with person number three. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, if you know me well, you know I like to do stuff like that. All right? All right, here's the deal. I put you in these groups. Hopefully you don't know what they need healing for, okay? 
right? Maybe there might be some obvious things, right? Like maybe they got glasses. You can probably figure out they don't see 20-20, right? But um, hopefully you don't know every problem in their body. So we're just going to practice getting a word of knowledge and, and finding out, you know, what this person might need healing for. So what I want you to do is, number one, number two, put your hands on the shoulder of number three. Go ahead. Three. She's three. She's three, yeah. All right, and the first way to get a word of knowledge is to see the word of knowledge. So take 10 seconds, ask that you would see where number three needs a healing at in their body. Don't say anything yet, just ask to see from God. Okay, good. Now, number one and number two. I want you to tell number three whatever you felt like God showed you. Don't sit there and think, is that God or is that me or is that the burrito I ate? Just tell them whatever it is. It's okay if you get it wrong. All right? It might have been even a quick snapshot. Number three, do not tell them if they're right or wrong. All right? Go ahead. I was thinking like something in there. Like if you get some pain or tightness or soreness or something. And what'd you get? I got nothing. You got nothing? I got nothing. Uh, that's all right. No thought came to mind or nothing? Oh, yeah, that's fine. No problem. Okay, now, number three. You might have come here today and you are thinking, my back and my knees are killing me. And they just went and said feet and sinuses. And you're like, God, is this some kind of joke? God does not always give the word of knowledge for the biggest problem in your body, okay? So, if you have the problem, even if it's minor, it's yes. Like if they said sinuses and you get seasonal allergies, even if your sinuses are great right now, that's a yes. That's not a no, all right? So, number three, give them feedback. Let them know if they got it right or wrong. But don't tell them they got it right if they got it wrong, all right? <laughs> they can handle it if they got it wrong. All right, go ahead. Did I get it right or wrong? No? Where do you need healing at in your body? I was close. I just got off by six inches. <laughs> All right. And then if they wanted prayer for something and you got it wrong, you can also find out what they wanted prayer for. And then go ahead, one and two, lay hands on number three where they need the healing, unless you shouldn't put your hand there. And invite Holy Spirit to touch them. Command the pain or problem to get out of their body in Jesus' name. Go ahead. All right, let's go for it. The Holy Spirit will release your presence to touch this girl's back and pain get out of her right now. Back be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, you go for it too. Yeah. Command the pain to go. Go ahead. Amen. And what's your guys' names, by the way? I'm Paul. Good to meet you, Elizabeth. Good to meet you, Boston. Awesome. Very good. Okay. When you are done praying for number three. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Amen. Remember, you don't need a long prayer to see a healing happen, right? All right. How many of you, don't be modest and raise your hand like this. How many of you got the word of knowledge correct for number three? Raise your hand nice and high. Hey, very good. It's like half the church. All right. Some of you had an easier job than others of you, depending on how many things that person had wrong with them, right? Number three. <laughs> All right. Good. 
Okay, let's go to, we'll find out who got healed of what at the end, all right? So let's go to number two, all right? Another way to get a word of knowledge is you can feel the word of knowledge. So put your hands on the shoulder of number two. Ask that you could feel where number two needs a healing at. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Tell them whatever you felt like God showed you. Yeah, that's right on. And then give them feedback. Let them know if they got it right or wrong. I do still get some allergies occasionally. I don't have it at the moment. But, like, certain things. Like, if I'm around, like, nail polish. I guess girls are putting fingernail polish on. Almost, yeah. Yeah, it's just not good. I don't like it. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you don't like it either? Oh, okay. I, I hate soap stores. Okay, you're not putting any nail polish on your fingers, huh? Okay. Soap stores. Soap stores. Oh, soap for sure. All that fragrance is... I get out of there. What's the fragrance of soap? I went into my friend's house in Riverside, and I walked in, and within moments, I was just not good. And it was because they had all these scented candles burning everywhere. Yeah. And it was like... Brought it right up. It almost impacted me emotionally. I was oh, almost like trying oh, not to yeah. get angry. Like I was like, ah, and it was just because I was reacting to it. <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't angry at them, but it was yeah, like it right. makes me like that reaction. Yeah. All right, very good. Did you find out? Hopefully, you you told number two. You know what to do, right? Find out if you're right or wrong. Tell them whatever you got. Lay hands on them. Go ahead. When you finish number two, do the same thing with number one. There you go. You don't need me to micromanage you. <laughs> All right, yeah, so go ahead and pray for the sciences. Lord, I speak relief to these sciences, and I cleanse them and relief in the name of Jesus. You gotta pray too. You don't get off the hook easy. <laughs> Thank you. All right, when you're done with number two, make sure you get to number one. All right, so, oh, for number one, I'm sorry, for number one, ask that you would hear from the still small voice of the Lord where number one needs a healing. So put your hands on the shoulder of number one. Did you pray for number one yet? 
Go ahead, lay hands on number one if you haven't. If you're still on number two, you're, you're taking way too long, all right? Lay hands on number one, invite Holy Ghost to touch him, drive out the problem. When you're done, when you're done praying for everybody in your group, find out if somebody is improved but not perfect, lay hands on them one more time for perfect. And that could be any time over the course of the evening that they are improved but not perfect. See how it is. How's, how's the back? Still hurting or did it change or is it the exact same? What? What percentage better? You must have done percentages already in school. Yeah? What percentage better? 70? Let's go one more time. Is that okay? All right. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the glory. Now, all pain, get out of her and never return. Back, I command you to be healed now. I command you to be restored. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, release now. Amen. How's it doing? Is it good? Do you ever get anything like in your neck or up in there? Do you? I was hearing that. All right, no problem. Thanks, guys. You guys grab a seat. All right, remember, if somebody was improved over the course of the evening but not perfect yet in your group of three, lay hands on them one more time. Thank Jesus for the difference and command one more time the painter problem to get out of them. All right, when you're done praying for everybody, a second dose that needed it, go ahead and return back to your seat. Turn back to your seat. How many of you got a word of knowledge right for either number two or number one? Go ahead and raise your hand. Hey, very good. How many of you, this was your first time ever getting a word of knowledge for somebody before? Was tonight? Okay, good. The rest of you got your, last night, some of you had your first word of knowledge as well. Praise the Lord. All right, now, in your group of three, if you could test it out what they prayed for you for, and you can tell God did something, raise your hand. Nice and high. Very good. Cool. So you two guys especially, you guys are having a good few days here, huh? <laughs> All right, let's do this. 
I want you to think over the course of tonight. I remember I count healings the way Randy Clark does. If they're at least 70% better, he figures they're 100% in the next little bit. So I want you to think of how many body parts or conditions that you could test. Now, I, I get, like, you're believing for some stuff in faith. That's great. I'm right along with you. And hopefully we'll be able to test that out before too long. But I'm talking like you know that whatever it was, God healed. You, you can test it. You had pain and the pain's gone. You were missing a body part and the body part is there. You were whatever. You can tell that, that God just healed you of something. I want you to think how many body parts or conditions are at least 70% better since you walked in through those doors tonight. All right? And what I want you to do is raise fingers for whatever that number is. So go ahead, put up the fingers. Keep them up for a bit because I'm going to count, but I got to let a few people are thinking. So it's any time over the course of the night. We prayed for a lot of different things, remember. We prayed for body parts to be created. We prayed for stuff in your word of knowledge groups. You prayed for some stuff a second time in your word of knowledge groups. All right, keep your fingers up. All right, so we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think that's 11. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You had five, and you had five. That's, yeah, knock down 10 between you, 29. <laughs> Uh, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52. Yay, two more than last night. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We give you the glory. Hallelujah. We exalt you, Jesus. So that means we are up, we were at like basically 147 or 148. Now we're up to 200. Two days, your church has seen 200 healings happen. That's pretty awesome. Amen? That's pretty awesome. That's, that's Jesus. <laughs> He's good at healing people. Who here in that last time when you were in that group of three, you got prayed for, for something that you had more than 10 years and it was healed, or it was particularly severe and now it's healed? Anybody like that? Or we knocked out all that stuff when you were praying for stuff for over 25 years, huh? All right. Praise Jesus. So we give Jesus the glory, but I also want to say thank you to you because you went to these people and you prayed for them. If you didn't go, they didn't get touched. Amen? How many of you realize that there are more people that need healing than just those in this room? Amen? So go for it. And invite them tomorrow, too. Bring in some atheists. Serious. Bring some atheists. Bring some really skeptical religious people. Like, God just isn't really all that impressed by their skepticism. Like, he's really good at healing and touching them. Amen? So Jesus is real. I think that's pretty obvious from what you're seeing tonight. He was a real man, really lived, died on a cross, was raised from the dead. He did it all because he loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. And we've all done things wrong before, and that separates us from God, and God didn't want us separated. So that's why Jesus came. He took the punishment for what we've done wrong, dying on the cross so that we could be forgiven. So close your eyes for just a moment. If you've never before prayed to turn away from what you've done wrong and to make Jesus your God, and you'd like to do that right now, raise your hand wherever you're at in the room. Okay, then I'll believe everybody here has already done that. Go ahead and look up at me. Real quick, there's still his resources back there if you want to grow in Holy Spirit ministry, which I figure you do. Otherwise, why do you keep coming to... Two-hour and 20-minute-long church services, right? <laughs> sure you can find a better way to spend your Monday night. You guys are clearly hungry because I don't think anybody's left since we started this two hours and 20 minutes ago. So this was what we accomplished tonight. So if you'd like to grow in words of knowledge like what we did tonight, this is the book for you. This is my favorite book on healing. 
this is the one that I wanted to write. So there's a chap, I was gonna write my book with chapters on each of the keys that help me see breakthrough in a greater way. So I was gonna have a chapter on identity. I was gonna have a chapter on risk. Until you take risk, nobody gets healed. Faith without works is dead, right? So on and so forth. And I interned for this guy and that's exactly how he wrote his book on healing. A chapter on identity, a chapter on risk, three quarters of the exact subject matter for how I wanted to write my book on healing was the way he wrote it, his book on healing. So this is my favorite book on healing because this is the one that I wanted to write. Very practical. <laughs> I brought this one. I didn't bring all of the books in the first day. I didn't want to overwhelm you guys, but this is another book I very much believe in. If you like open heart surgery with no anesthetic, this is the book for you. <laughs> if you just want to repent of things that you didn't even know you needed to repent of, this is the book for you. It's called Humility, the Hidden Key to Walking in Signs and Wonders. It's from one of my mentors. Very good book. Um, this book, talking about how to do a lifestyle of seeing Jesus heal and touch people wherever you go, hearing from him and seeing people get touched by him. This was the movie that I showed the clips from yesterday that I had the privilege of being in. Uh, and this is, if you want to hear my teaching CD, if you were not able to make it last night, this will help catch you up to speed with what you missed last night. How's that? Um, uh, and for some of you, like I said, you just need to get it in you in a deeper way. Just hearing it once isn't enough. Some of you are already like, I already forgot half of what he said last night. There you go. That's why this is here. Or you could record it on your phone if you heard me when I said to do that last night. And then the last book that I have is this one from my buddy Jason Chen. He basically made a book summarizing Bill Johnson's ministry school in writing with teaching on healing and word of knowledge and prophecy. Uh, but what I particularly like about the book is that it's not just teaching alone. Because teaching without activation, before too long we make it too difficult in our mind than it actually is. And then we start disqualifying ourselves and think it's just for somebody else. So it's really important we actually have opportunity to get words of knowledge and to see the sick healed. Actually get a chance to do. We need lab. And so a book, for a book that's going to be very difficult to produce, a book by its very nature will only be teaching. And that's what I love about his book is... He tells you where to go online at the beginning of his book and watch a video clip that's activation and demonstration oriented about what you just read to help you incorporate it into your Holy Spirit lifestyle. And in fact, he also has a school called Love Says Go Academy. If you're like, I would like to do like an online Holy Spirit intensive, I highly recommend that as well. That's uh, my buddy Jason Chen has that. He actually just did one for free. He's had, I don't know how many thousand people go through his school and um, he just decided, he's like, you know what, let's just do a mini school for free for anybody who wants to do it. And so, at any rate, I don't know if that's even still available. You'd have to Google Love Says Go and go to his webpage. Who knows? <laughs> you could find out. But at any rate, that's what I had for tonight. Um, yeah, the homework still exists. Feel free to go find some random person and offer to pray for them. You can invite them to have a Holy Spirit encounter. You can try and get a word of knowledge. God, what are you saying for this person? And step out and take some risk. Have some fun. Go for it. Pastor Steve, go ahead. It's only been two hours and 25 minutes. Have some fun. <laughs> Amen. So I got about half hour. So, no. <laughs> some of your faces, that's awesome. <laughs> Let me pray for you. Father, I pray, God, that you just release the spirit of boldness. Lord, that we wouldn't just be hearers, that we'd be doers. Set, your word declares, when we apply the word, that is the solid foundation. That when the wind comes and the storm blows, that house will not fall when we apply your word.
So, Lord, I pray, God, that what we have learned tonight and the risks that we took tonight, we would take outside the walls of this church. That is the Great Commission. You said go. You didn't say stay. So, Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you would just release boldness over your people. Lord, that you would highlight folks. Lord, that, that they would see people, they would hear words, they would see words, and they would take those steps of faith. And Lord, that they would, your, their faith would grow every time they take a step. In Jesus' name, amen.